0: Jordan is on best Harper's on middle McKee gets it in the
1: middle They play together, they believe um, If there's Levert, it's cold
0: Levert, back
1: in Speed Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew
0: Holiday. shot clock down to six Finds Warren Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. This is your host Mark Schindler, coming at you for another episode of Pacers After Dark. Pacers have been swept in the season series by the Denver Nuggets, zero to two. Before we dive into the game, I'm joined by my co-host and editor over Indie Cornrows, Tom Lewis. Tom, how are you doing today?
1: Not too bad, Mike. How you been? Been
0: a while. I know it's uh, it, it's it's crazy. Like the I, I swear the the way that the season works my my like how how time works is totally warped in my mind um like i've been working on uh I, I spent a bunch of time on an article for last week um for ic and like just spending all the time on that going back through um trying to piece all that stuff together it, it takes me forever i have no idea how caitlin gets so much good stuff out like so consistently i think i write like one article a week Um over a couple different platforms, and it takes me forever just to make that happen. Uh, but basically, long story short, uh, I am so in 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 deep with basketball, it feels like there's both 36 and three hours in the day. Um, right now the Pacers probably wish that there had been about three hours in the day after how tonight went. Um yep. but I, I I think that there's a lot of positive we can take from this, and I'm in a good mood. So I think I'm just gonna dive into some of the things that I really liked out of tonight. Number 1, Miles Turner was insanely good. Um, like I thought we've said it multiple times, but that's got to be close to one of his best defensive games of the season. Finished with five blocks. Um, but that doesn't even begin to equate how good he was. I mean, Nicole Jokic scored 32 points, but it was 11 of 25 from the field, and Miles really gave him gave him problems. Uh, a lot of the buckets that came We're off of putbacks because, I mean, I know a lot of people get frustrated with Miles because he doesn't get the defensive rebound, but a lot of it's because he stops the initial shot or alters the shot from happening, and there's just no one there who's able to corral the rebound. Um, But my long-winded way of saying Miles was just a force tonight. Uh, I had my friends in Denver were texting me, too, saying, like, you have to talk about him tonight because he was so good. Um, So it's not just me, I I promise. Uh, Other people are seeing it, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he was definitely – you know, active from the get-go, and and I feel like a lot of the, the when they did make the runs back in the game a couple times, there. um You know, he he was a spark holding down that defensive end, and you're right. It's hard to say. Oh, he had a great defensive game when you look at uh, Jokic's line with 32 points, but um you know, he was. It was glaring that he was not in the game. Yes. You know, there at the beginning of the fourth quarter when. Things went completely haywire, and it looked like they weren't, you know. Sabonis was having trouble with Millsap. Um, and it was, you know, it was, they just had, they had no answer going there. Um, so, yeah, definitely a, a solid game. And he even got a little smothered chicken out of Quimbucket in that one time.
0: I Actually, so, so uh, funny, funny enough, uh, my dog was laying on my bed right next to me. Uh, as soon as I heard Quinn yell smothered chicken, I like jumped up off my bed and immediately started. Uh, I was like, "Ah, oh, smothered chicken. And uh, I started uh, typing out my tweet. And I, I mean, I scared the shit out of my dog because I was like, I was so excited. I mean, you, Quinn, Quinn just is fantastic at getting people going. Uh, I'm not even a fan. It's just like, it, first of all, that block was fantastic. Like just incredible block. I still don't think it was as good as uh, like, I, I think the best block Miles has had in his career is that one on Marvin Williams, um in charlotte a couple uh, of years ago yeah. oh my god that was one of the i think that's one of the best blocks i've ever seen but that was definitely a smothered chicken block but tonight fantastic um transitioning from that uh malcolm brogdon i thought had a pretty good game tonight um it was really great seeing some of the actions he was able to get off ball like i i mean i tweeted this out too when is the last time we've seen malcolm get just like but he had back-to-back possessions of uh, or it might have been two or three possessions apart, but like wide open catch and shoot threes. Um, that's happened like what two or three games this year. i um, maybe I'm being a little bit reductive, but point being, he got a lot of open looks and e- just easier looks in general. Um, and I felt that was that was great for him tonight.
1: Yeah. And you know, there were a lot of points in this game I felt that were kind of carry over from the Phoenix game as well. I felt like, um, and even LA, I mean, I felt like since the break, he's he's um, kind of found his game that seemed to be lacking before the break. Mm-hmm. But I, I also think that um, at times, and I feel like Levert is, you know, he's getting there, fitting in, and everything. But there are times when I feel like Levert's rhythm, the way he moves around the court, is a little like TJ Warren. Um yeah. and I think just. Having that threat out there and, and people having to pay attention to where he is is also going to be helping Brodwin kind of free him up a little. It, it definitely, um, you know, keeps the defense from just having him he and, and Sabonis bonus for sure. So it's it's nice to see that um, you know maybe that's an impact um, that Lambert's having, but also that Brodwin is you know ready to go and, and taking advantage of it.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I think the biggest thing too, like you're, you're like you're pointing out, like um, just the fact that Karras is there and he's a threat and the defense has to pay attention to him, like that that right. completely fundamentally changes how how the offense can can work. The only issue I had, um, like I mean, Karras had a fine game offensively, defensively, he has a lot that he's gonna probably have to to work. Yeah, he's he ch- his second ch- game ch- out <laughs> there, you know, it's gonna be a bit, but yeah, um, and I mean, yeah, he definitely got caught quite a few times off ball, but it's gonna take time for him to get used to that, but. The biggest thing that I want to see is just getting him some easier looks like you're mentioning, like he does move like TJ a little bit. I obviously not like the same kind of cutter. He doesn't have the same size and length. Um, but, but I think there's a lot more opportunity, like there could be a lot more opportunities to run him off actions to to get the ball, uh, not to not to. I mean, like to finish a play instead of just start a play. Um, mm-hmm. I would really like to see that for him moving forward. And I know again, it's the second game, but the, just the, the small thing, because he's uh, I mean, it was three of six from three tonight, but I thought some of the, like he, he's, he's not a good catch and shoot player throughout his career. I think he shoots like um, this year. I think he's like around 31 or 32% from three on catch and shoots. I'll look that up later, but um, I know it was right around there when he, he left Brooklyn, uh, but he's a much better pull-up three shooter. But you got to get him some more looks. Just cutting in general, I would really like to see him just getting like maybe he has like some kind of dive cut to the rim. Anything that that just gets him in motion, uh, like you're mentioning, because that that opens things up for even more guys. But uh, speaking of guys who were uh, fantastic off ball, not that he wasn't, but uh, Doug McDermott took a couple threes tonight that looked like Doug from last year. Um, I, I really, you know, we've talked about this. Uh, Doug just hasn't been quite the same as a three point shooter this year. Um, part of that's been, you know, he's been run off the line a lot and he's really improved it, at driving um but now I, I, even then like some of the confidence just wasn't there and some of the shots he was taking he some of the threes he took tonight like there was the one in the left corner um did not even mm. bring the ball down yeah like just caught it at his face and, like and it. shot it and just straight swish um then he had the one where he was coming off action uh and and caught it and just Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, like, one of the ones where he's, like, 30 feet out and he still just catches it in rhythm and fires. He looked fantastic tonight offensively.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we've, we've talked about the inconsistent shooting he's had, but, um, you know, obviously he's always seems like he's better on the road. And hopefully that's not just the case here. He can, he can bring that home on Wednesday, but, um, you know, maybe – I think, you know, he, he's – a little more comfortable maybe in that bench role with that group. Um, although that group has been so up and down here. Um, and again, tonight, uh, it's getting, getting kind of scary. Uh, but as far as Doug, you know, playing that role and being able to play with the starters as well, Um seems like they're kind of mixing them in there a little bit more um, off the bench. But uh, yeah, I always say that, you know, like he's got to have at least five, three attempts. You know, he's going to make Two or three of those, if he, he can consistently get those attempts. Um, and tonight, you know, he came out smoking, hit those four threes, and um, was really part of that nice uh, rally that that, uh, that the Pacers had. So, um, and again, you know, in the last game against Phoenix, he, you know, he was productive off the bench as well. You, you got to have that threat, especially with Lamb out, you know, not being able to. to um you know he, he's not the same type of player but he's the same threat off the bench Um, so doug's gotta step in and, and be that guy to produce off the bench
0: yeah yeah 100 I, I i completely agree with that um one of the aspects that was great in the starting lineup uh or one of the people i should say players uh justin was fantastic tonight um he gave a lot of matt it's it's kind of funny because as much as um the Nuggets starting big, having both Porter and Millsap in the front court alongside Jokic. Well, that gave the Pacers some problems on their own uh, with how good Justin was and everything that they were doing to get him going off ball. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. was getting lost so often trying to track him off ball. Mm-hmm. It was just a really tough matchup for him. And, of course, we could talk about what he did de- uh, what he did to the defense. Um, but Justin was great. I-, I was a little bit weary at first. I think he missed his first three threes. Um, yeah, and I was like, oh no, the, the slump is continuing post all-star break. Nope. <laughs> finished five of 11. Um, and oh, this is more of an overarching thing, but when, when Justin holiday was signed, uh, before training camp started, not this past year, but the year before, obviously, um, mm-hmm. did you, what were your expectations for him? Cause I, I remember him being signed. I was like, cool. I remember that he was with golden state and had played at you know various places. Obviously Atlanta, um, the Knicks um, with the Bulls too. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. He'll be like a fun guy who we see play, you know, 30 times this year. Um, and I had a friend text me today. Like every time I turn on the Pacers, I'm just astonished at the green light that Justin Holiday has. And it's true. Like I, the, what he does is just remarkable um, defensively and offensively. I still think that he's in some ways underpaid. Like, I, 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 I mean, the fact that he signed for less than the full MLE is still crazy to me uh, because he he definitely could have gotten it on the open market. He, he's just such a huge part to what this team does. I could go on and on about him. I feel like it, even if we had like an entire half-hour segment devoted to Justin Holiday, it would not be enough. Also, I know what everyone listening, I'm just in a good mood. Like, I think there are, there are good things to look at with this team. Guys played well. It was a loss, but we'll get to it. Um, but yeah, Justin Justin Holiday is such a good basketball player.
1: Well, I know I, you know going back to when he signed, I think um, he he went to as I mentioned five ten times. He dubbed, I followed his career really closely, so I knew the type of guy he was as far as being the scrappy, reliable type player. Um, but yeah, I mean, even he's exceeded my expectations, I I thought he'd be playing more of a role, kind of like, I guess Sumner is now, maybe, Um, you know, spot minutes off the bench, uh, depending upon matchups, or filling in when guys get hurt, that type of a thing. And, I mean, he kind of did start out that way, but with all, you know, different injuries and opportunities, I mean, the guy just produced, and he continues to, um, to do that. And, I mean, the, the number of games he started, I know we've mentioned this before, but it's astounding this year and he's just solid, you know, um, if they could get him in that uh, role off the bench, you know, with, uh, Warren coming back, you know, then then you're talking about the depth of a rotation that is, uh, really strong, but, um, I agree with you. I love, you know, I love, I love Jay holiday. That dude um, is always. and, And again, like you say, with the, um, green light. I mean, he's not afraid <laughs> ever, he's, and that's how he's, you know, made his way up through uh, playing play Mercedes in the G League and all that. And um, even at UW, he went there as a as a low, you know, star recruit, didn't expect much out of him, and just works and and when he gets his chances, he's not afraid to go in and let it rip. And um, you know, that's a that's a great thing to watch.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to, to break down the rest of the game all right welcome back um so the next thing that we got to talk about really quick um Gogo Bataze had i think uh, okay take it with a grain of salt three points two rebounds but then five steals and blocks combined uh i thought he had his best game as a pro it, obviously numbers maybe don't reflect that but like just in terms of sheer comfortability on the court and actually like as an impactor, like, um, he was everywhere on defense. He was fantastic. Like his verticality was great. He altered a ton of shots without even blocking them. Uh, he only, I think he finished, he he didn't even get any fouls. Um, I was really impressed with him tonight. Uh, again, only a nine minute spurt, but it was perfect. Like I thought that was great. When he came in, uh, at the end of the second, I think it was two and a half minutes left in the second, he he got brought in and I was a little bit nervous. I was like, okay, this could be a, a real chance where Denver capitalizes on it if, if Goga isn't playing well. And no, Goga was fantastic and ends up extending his run a little bit. Um, I just, I can't say enough about how well he played tonight.
1: Yeah, I was impressed. I mean, he, you know, he was matched up with Jokic for a while there. And I mean, that's, um, again, we were talking about holiday, stepping up the challenge. I mean, that's stepping up the challenge. I feel like he kind of stunned Jokic with, with how, um, active he was, uh, especially defensively. It seemed like he caught him off guard and, and, um, was able to make plays and disrupt what he was doing. And, um, you're right. It's nice to, you know, see, see him play, but notice the impact he's having, um, against a, a really good player like that. So, uh, it was definitely a strong stretch there. Um, and it, it you know, I, I put him in with, with the holidays and Sumner and, and McConnell and them, it's like those guys, you know, like the end of the first quarter, that group was playing great. And then, you know, start of the second quarter, everything goes haywire. And it's kind of a flip of what happened in Phoenix, but, um, you know, I mean, that's why the rotation players, but man, we need some consistency out of those guys. And, um, you know, I know we've we've been uh, pretty positive considering the Pacers lost um, and let that game get away from them tonight. But, you know, seeing those parts and what they can do is the positive that we're talking about. Um, And, you know, it's a matter of getting it all working together at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think this is where we can shift a little bit because you bring up a great point. Uh, I really thought the bench played, it felt like a minute Minute and a half, two minutes too long uh, because you really saw when, when Denver started to go on that massive run, uh, it was mm-hmm. coming against the bench, obviously, uh, and that carried over into the starting group too. But all in all, the, the bench just had no creation uh, offensively. And I think th- this is something that, that we've talked about before. Um, and I've talked about on solo pause as well, mailbags. Like um, there's just something to having six to eight minutes of not even in the same spurt, but like a two to three minute stretch of really good energy from a group of guys who haven't played yet. Um, But then you start to lose some value to that. And it's the same thing with, you know, if Domas plays 42 minutes, you lose value towards the end because he's not um, able to give the same effort that he would, if he was playing less or if he was exerting less energy. And you saw that with the bench tonight, they just had no shake offensively. Like I thought defensively they were fine, but once the offense really starts to bog down, it carries over to defense and um, TJ McConnell had probably one of his worst games of the season tonight. Uh, it was a, again, a single game plus minus murky, but TJ McConnell was a game low minus 21 and you could see it on court. Um, part of it was him having to guard Jamal Murray, which I, I still don't necessarily understand why he was the one guarding mm, Jamal yeah. Murray. Um, but at the same time that, I mean, there were just kind of mismatches across the board with the bench unit when, when Denver sized up a little bit. Um but regardless, I mean TJ just didn't did not have it going for him tonight.
1: Yeah, and he was you could tell he was really frustrated. Um almost as much as Sabonis. So
0: um Does anybody on this team get as frustrated as Sabonis? I don't I don't think so. I don't know. We'll get to that oh, in man. a minute. But yeah, with uh <laughs> um but yeah
1: at some point with these games, especially the way they've you can see the same formula going on in these four quarters. Um and that bench is being left out a little too long at times. Uh, you know, that that one rotation and it put them again, I actually found myself looking at the starter minutes like, okay, they could go in and play the rest of the way. You yeah. know, Cause, um, you know, there's nights where they have it going once in a while and, and you leave them in there a little longer, that's great. But um you're right, when it, when it starts going the wrong way with that group, um, it seems mm-hmm. to go in a hurry uh, because they can get in in uh, stretches where, where they struggle to score. Um, and and then it's, you know, almost a chicken in the egg. Like you say, they can't get a stop and then they can't score, they can't score and then they can't get a stop. Um, it, it just gets frustrating, you know, seeing that same... Kind of, uh, you know, the same thing play out in this game to the four quarters. So hopefully, Nate will uh, adjust or try something different at one point here. Um, it, at least in stopping the bleeding earlier, if nothing else.
0: Yeah. Well, part of, of the problem too is, is to not to. Sorry, not to interrupt. Part of the problem too, like what I, I, I think what they maybe envision moving forward. Maybe you know, you have you you alternate. Karras and, and Malcolm running the bench unit or something, or you find a way to, to make that work um, because both guys are capable of carrying in the offense for a stretch. Um, in, in the bench, but as Karis was outside, he really wasn't running the offense. Um, it felt like he was just mostly spotting up. And that's part of the issue. I don't want to say it's not like it's T.J. McConnell's fault, but like because he's not a spacer, he's not a threat from outside, uh, at least consistently. I mean, it's harder to run in, in offense through somebody else if T.J. McConnell's going to be on the floor, too. Um, And I think you saw part of that when, when Karis was brought out to play with the bench lineup. Um, And I'm interested to see how they tinker with that moving forward. But uh, again, like I think. Yeah.
1: I I feel like Karis looked a little, uh, definitely looked like he wasn't comfortable with that group. You know, he looks a little better with the starting group, but not fully there. But with that group, you're right. It was like, okay, I'm just going to sit over here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, What did you think about Aaron Holiday's game tonight?
1: Um, he had, you know, he had a couple of good plays in there. I, um, I felt like I I was like just enamored with the way he and Ed played in the second quarter. of the yeah. And I'm like, there's a standard. That's what you got to do coming in. Um, and, but one thing with that with both those guys is they got to be aggressive offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the problem is when they don't get it going kind of right away, um, uh, the game's off a little bit, but I, I you know, I loved it. where he left his man, got the steal and the, and the run out. Um, that's a great plan. And again, showing him the defense, which I feel like he's improved on for the most part over the years. So um, I I've also, I mean, I know Jeremy Lamb is out, so that's impacting it, but um, he and Sumner can, because of their quickness out there can, you know, give a little different feel to that unit, um, in, in quick bursts.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree. Like you, like you mentioned with Phoenix, I mean, they were fantastic. And I thought Aaron played pretty well defensively tonight and he was aggressive getting to the rim too. Um, I mean, he got fouled twice, uh, got to the free throw yeah. line four times, uh, obviously didn't hit a three, but, um, Overall, I mean, I thought he had a fine game. He, he just had some really tough matchups because when Den, Den like I mean Denver's bench, it wasn't as bad this time. Uh when they played Zeke Naji and vlaco and Kanchar uh, a bunch in the first game, um, that size was just killer against the bench. And yeah. they still struggled a lot with size. Like PJ Dozier um gave them some problems. Uh Composo is, I think, my height. He's listed as like five eleven. There's no way. Um, he I mean, TJ McConnell has like two or three inches on Facundo Composito. Um, So I, I don't know what that one, but point being um, Aaron's defense, I thought was solid, but it's just hard with some of the matchups that he was getting. Like he was guarding Jermichael green at one point, which I know part of it was just a, an issue with within scramble, but like that's some of the rough stuff that you have happening when Aaron's out there um, against yeah. that downsized unit. But you know, I thought Ed played well too, but um, at least defensively, and he had that, that one three in rhythm. The three has really been falling for him lately. At least it's small sample size, but he looks comfortable taking them. Um, and that's been a real positive because that, that just opens up even more for him. But I would really like to see him get more opportunities to do things with the ball in his hands. Um, but like you're mentioning, I think part of it too is he's got to be willing to do it. Yeah.
1: And that was a that was a nice thing as Like, um, he is willing to shoot that three, but then, you know, I mean, he can get to the rim in a blink when he's ready to go, you know, but he's he's gotta be in that mode to attack. Um, and that, you know, when he has that threat out there that really makes it valuable with that unit. Um, he's always gonna be, you know, solid defensively, but um, like we were just saying, the biggest thing with that bench group is they gotta get buckets. And those guys gotta be part of the solution for uh, finding ways to get, get those buckets. so um, But, yeah, I, I, you know he seems definitely comfortable now that he's been playing more. Uh, yeah. So hopefully that will keep coming along.
0: Yeah, so here's in the last seven games. Uh, so since he's been a staple in the rotation, playing about 18 minutes a game, uh, he's played double-digit minutes all seven of those games. Uh, he's putting up eight points, about two rebounds, getting a steal, um, which doesn't sound anything crazy. But, I mean, 50% from the field. and wait for it 38 and a half percent from three it's on just That's, under two a game yeah, but it's, it's something out. and he's getting the line twice i mean uh i like i agree i really want to see him expand his drive game and maybe he can uh get some playmaking out of that too but regardless <laughs> he's just been a, a really nice plus and i think um what i do want to close out on is where where do you think this leaves jeremy lamb because he was playing some uh pretty rough basketball um over the last two or three games before he, he, uh, he got sidelined with his knee injury. And now it, um, especially with how the team played against Phoenix and how they looked compared to how they did against the Lakers. Um, Jeremy Lamb's in a weird spot in terms of what he means for the rotation, because if his offense is not clicking, uh, he brings, I don't want to say that he brings nothing, but in terms of, I mean, with how bad his defense has been, um, he it's very difficult to warrant keeping him up, to, to, to keep him on the court with with how he's playing defensively
1: yeah but I, you know i feel like if he comes back healthy he will probably remain in that um in that rotation uh just because because of the offensive threat he is and you know I, i'm assuming that you know he if it was he and summer that would be you know he, would probably be better for him defensively for for uh, for jeremy but um it is it is interesting when you, you, these guys are in and out of the lineup and um you know they'll have a good game here and a couple bad games and then and then they're out and other guys are stepping up and um you know trade deadlines coming up i'm not saying jeremy lamb's gonna get traded but as i was I piqued my interest. I saw a story, uh, I think it was a Wizards blog, was talking about, Bolts Forever was talking about um, uh, Jeremy Lamb being a target for them. Um, And they were focusing on the fact that he hasn't been playing that well this year and has been dealing with injuries and would be extremely cheap. So, um, you know, I don't think the Pacers are just gonna uh, dump a guy because to not get something decent in return but um, but I don't know I mean that's that's uh, as we're moving towards the deadline and I mean the pacers are in um, struggling and if they're looking at moves, you know it's not just going to be one guy most likely it could be a couple. Um, so <laughs> but taking the the conversation in a completely different direction. Um, but that's a guy who, um, he's been thrown in trades before and, and I would you know, if, if it came to it might happen again, who knows?
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I think it's hard too. and I'm not at all advocating that the team should trade Jeremy. I mean, I think that they'll, if they get calls, they'll definitely look into it, but I think it's hard too, because I mean, he's one of the better free agents who's chosen to sign in Indiana. Um and I think it's uh I don't I don't want to say it's just a good faith thing, but like it's not a great look to to trade somebody who signed a three year deal, yeah. had a sustained a massive injury and, and just came back from it. Uh and also too, like like you mentioned, I think that's a really great point. Um you gotta wait and see, or I mean you don't have to, but I think there's merit to waiting to see um what he can look like coming back. So I think he played so well out of the stretch. Um offensively like yeah. his shot was just money um for like the first 10 or 12 games um and and I think that really uh shined over some of the issues that he was having defensively because those have been there um but now with uh with the shot coming back down to earth obviously that that becomes a little bit more of a problem um but again I mean he he may not even be fully right physically even though he has looked pretty no, close definitely. to himself physically uh, it's hard to it's hard to know you know i mean he was suffered a very severe injury didn't play basketball for over a year um i mean just about a year
1: and yeah, uh, it just kind of got yeah, thrown
0: back into the fire so he,
1: he was definitely playing through some discomfort there and, yeah. and you know now they've kind so you know to be completely fair obviously you'd like to see see him with an opportunity when he was feeling a little more fully back but um Again, I don't know what <laughs> the way the season is going. Um, how they're gonna
0: how they're gonna manage that at this point? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's a question we're gonna have to answer another day because it is uh, almost one ten in the morning, and I am ready to go to bed. I, I don't think we have anything else that we need to add to this. Uh, it's the ever evolving story of the Pacers. I think the reason I do want to close out on we've been positive today because I think. Well, this was a loss, and obviously the game in Phoenix was fantastic. Um, the team has turned a corner a little bit since the All Star break, and I think it, there's there are positive signs. The defense has just been so much better, um, at least process wise. I know tonight, team lets up 121 points um, once the doors kind of get blown off, but you're seeing some of the the process is a lot better, um, at least in my opinion. I think we're kind of in agreement there. Like this team is. Uh, It's it just looks this is like the worst analysis I've ever given. I was going to say it just looks better Um, that uh, great on my end. But you you get what I'm saying, Tom, and to to anyone listening. I mean, the team is just they are playing better since the All-Star break, even if it's they're one and two. Um, But the defense they played against the Lakers and against Phoenix was, um, I mean, some of the best defensive performances they have put out all year. Uh, the offense is still trying to find its way through, and it's going to be tough with uh, with Karis trying to figure things out and find his role in the offense, and hard on the guys too trying to figure their role, what what they're at. Um, but uh, good things are ahead. The, the The team is moving in the right direction. The record may not indicate it, but uh, they're on their way.
1: Yeah, and you know, obviously, you're looking at Brooklyn, Miami. Miami. Well, we
0: didn't have to bring um, that up. I mean, we could... <laughs>
1: and, and, and Milwaukee. I mean, that's the that's the the killer is like oh, but then after that, the rest of the season pretty much you know is more of a five hundred ish yeah up and down normal schedule. So they're gonna have opportunities, and and the key is getting through this stretch and still playing and, and keeping the confidence um, to you know play at that play at the higher level. Yeah, um, one quick thing I want to mention, I know this could keep us up later, but you know, Sabonis
0: was, yes, I was with, just thinking about this too. We have to talk about Sabonis. I didn't even, yeah. With the refs.
1: And I know, um, Scott Agnes mentioned, you know, he was mad at Bjorkman for taking him out. Um, which is hard to tell because he was mad the whole time <laughs> with the refs. Um, I, I honestly don't think he was mad because he was one rebound show sure of a triple double. Um, that would have been a little Lance Stevenson maneuver, which I don't think uh, I would. I wouldn't expect that from Domas, but you never know. But um, but anyways, um, it sounds like he wasn't available for the media afterwards or anything. So um, definitely some frustrations there with those top guys.
0: Yeah, I think that you bring up a great point because um, I wanted to talk about Domas too, and it just was slipping around my mind. I'm, uh I think. The first thing that I would, would want to mention, I've heard people throw around that they uh, there's this idea that, that Domas stat pads a little bit, or he's like really obsessed with his stats, and I just totally mm-hmm. disagree with that. Um, I personally don't see it. I know that there was some weirdness in that that game with Memphis when um, when Nate put, I think it was Malcolm. No, it wasn't Malcolm. It was uh, Miles and Domas, and so uh, so Domas could get his double-double, and Miles could get his double-double as well. Um mm-hmm. I don't I mean, I just don't at all see any indication that that's actually something that that is on Domas's mind. Um, so I, I, I don't really appreciate that people throw that out. I think that's pretty unfounded. Um, the other thing I would say, though, I mean, it's hard <laughs> as someone who's been thrown out of multiple games in my lifetime. I'm not exactly one who can give advice to Domas because I I, I was very similar in, in the way that I, I played sports. Um, but. I do – I just think it, he he makes his case harder on himself by yelling at the refs so much. Like, I, I agree. I think that um, – I know I'm less hard on the refs than, than, than some of the people are. Uh, Domas totally got clobbered multiple times tonight, um, and he has in, in every game, just to be honest. But it happens to a lot of players. It's not just Domas. Um, I think he should have gotten free throws tonight at some point. Um, but at the same time, like there are multiple times where, when he gets frustrated like this and he doesn't run down on the other end and ends up on a, as a four on five. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and then he ends up getting attacked eventually. Like it it doesn't happen every game, but him or Nate end up drawing with the ref. And I just don't really think it leads to anything positive. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm taking this too far, like a high school coach, but like, I, I don't know. I think that that's something that I hope that, um, he's able to work on, but um, regardless, not a great game for Domas tonight.
1: Yeah, and, and just, you know, I think it's everything boiling over the frustration with the refs and, and the fact that they've been losing so much of late, um, you know, I appreciate the passion and the uh, – Yes,
0: yeah, 100%. Um,
1: and all that to get upset and, and, you know, even if he's upset with um that's fine as well. You know, um, but uh, hopefully they can sort sort these things out. Because, uh, like we say, there's there's uh, some heat on the schedule coming up, so they gotta get get on the same page just to survive at this point.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Well, they've got a very tough test coming up uh, on Wednesday with the Brooklyn Nets, who are looking like just about the best team in the Eastern Conference, uh, who will be out. Without Kevin Durant. Um, But regardless, they didn't have Kevin Durant last time and uh, completely uh, shit canned this team. So uh, we are looking to see what some some things happening differently there. I'll be having a pre game preview with Matt Brooks from over at Nets Daily. Uh, So be looking out for that. But Tom, this was fun. It's always good to catch up and, and, and talk oops. We'll uh, we'll be talking again Wednesday night. To everyone listening, of course, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts. And, of course, read us over to Indy Rose. And most importantly, have a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening.